0: It is another Twins Insider Podcast. I'm Michael Rand, Chip Scoggins with me as well today. Chip, uh, Star Tribune columnist, has a piece in Friday's paper about uh, Luis Arias, the uh, Twins rookie second baseman, third baseman, let's just call him infielder for now. Yep. Um, mostly uh, we're concerned, though, with uh, with his hitting. And uh, my goodness, this this 22-year-old who has kind of, if you're paying attention, I guess to the the lower minor leagues, you you kind of had him on your radar a little bit. But boy, like for for someone of his age to arrive in the middle of the season and do some of the things he's doing, it, it's some pretty special stuff. So let, let's let's talk first off about about him and, and the story you worked. Mm-hmm.
1: On. Yeah, he. I mean, I guess it's fair to say, Mike, that he's come out of nowhere, really. Uh, unless you're a hardcore Twins fan, you know every uh, minor leaguer and prospect. Maybe not so, but he he's not in that Lewis kirilov Gratterall conversation where right. you talk about their elite prospects. I think I looked at one point Lavelle in his rankings had him number ten. That's okay, the tenth best pro- sure. prospect at one time. Right. Uh, but but go back to thirteen, Mike. He was at the the Venezuela Twins Academy down there, which is no longer in existence, but they right. had an the academy in Venezuela. Right. He was there three months and he told me they did not want to sign him. They had no money oh, for wow. him. And he actually left the camp and huh. was going to go back to school, um, and so he went home. And a couple of days later, the the scout Jose Leon, who's in Venezuela, showed up and said, "Hey, I have money. I can sign you." And it was forty thousand. So okay. we're not talking about a guy that they <laughs> broke the. Bank yeah, with. this is
0: not like, uh, Miguel So No money. This is uh... no,
1: yeah, forty thousand dollars. And so I, I think. They always were enamored with his ability to hit the ball. I think sure. probably his size. He's a lot more filled out now than he was then. He used to be skinnier. Sure. And he and he, and he didn't hit for a lot of power, so maybe that didn't make him as a, as attractive as a prospect. But man, you look at the way he handles the bat, and he doesn't strike out, and he makes right. contact. Everybody I talked to around the Twins almost unanimously talked about his ability to put the barrel to the to the ball. Yeah. And just get getting basically making good contact whether it's good pitch or a pitch out of the zone or a fastball or change up curve whatever he's always making yeah. good contact and i think he's one if you look at the analytics i think he's one of the better line drive hitters in major league baseball so so basically he goes from a guy that you know a lot of us had never heard of to you can envision this guy is going to be their second baseman going forward for a long time now he's basically taking johnson scopes uh job yeah. and I know they love Max Kepler at the leadoff spot. Sure. And then you have Polanco and Cruz, but at some point in the future, don't you envision this guy being a top-of-the-order hitter?
0: Oh, absolutely. Because he can
1: get on base. Right. So I don't know when that happens, but next year or beyond, but he looks like just a fixture at the top of their their lineup here for the next few years.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of a, a throwback, right? I mean, it's interesting that in the... You know, in this this year of 2019, where we're talking so much about launch angle, we're talking about sure. the juice baseballs, we're talking about home run records all over the place. This is not a guy who, in his minor league career, has hit for a, a ton of power. I think there he might, you know, if if he continues to play every day and get a little bit bigger, he might settle in as a guy who hits you maybe 10 or 15 a year. But he's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not going to you know threaten 30 home runs. He's a line drive use all the field um kind of kind of throwback hitter he's the kind of guy you would see a lot as like a model of what great hitting was in the 80s and 90s and even before that.
1: Well, it's funny, that's what Rocco Baldelli uh, said on Wednesday um that that he does remind him of a throwback player of the 80s and 90s who's just yep. a line drive hitter. And I actually talked to Rod Crew for the story. Yep. Uh, I got a hold of Rod at, at his home and and he was impressed because there there's a story uh, the anecdote when they played Cleveland. Yep uh this most recent series and remember uh they were down by four eighth inning cut it to six five snow was on second uh Terry Francona brings in Brad hamler closer to face a rise so you're thinking yeah. lefty on lefty he intentionally walks a rise to get to marwin Gonzalez. Interesting and and Francona was asked afterwards, hey, you know <laughs> what was that about? And Francona said basically a rise scared me. He said I would put money that he's gonna be a batting champion someday. And when I see him he reminds me of a a young Rod Crew or Tony Gwynn. Yeah, so, Tony Gwynn
0: like, is the comparison I see the most. Yeah. Most acts, so to, kind of the same body types. The swing sure. reminds me a lot of him.
1: Sure. So I, called, I got a hold of Rod at his house and I said, hey, <laughs> what do you think about that? You know, a guy compared him to you. And, and he said, that's great because I spend a lot of time with him. And Crew had said that at spring training this year, rise approached both him and Tony Oliva and wanted hitting tips. He wow. wanted to talk okay. to him about hitting and they worked in the cage and, he, and that really impressed him that, Hey, here's a guy who's 22 years old, you know, singling him out and asking to get, uh, you know, hitting advice. And, and crew told him, this sounds like a rise, right? Use all the field. Don't worry about sure. to pull everything. Keep your hands, you know, keep your way back and, and, uh, just use your hands and go all over the field. And, and that's basically what he's done. He's a line drive hitter to all, all parts of the field. And so I think he's pretty mature, yeah, uh, from everybody you talk to um, about his craft and sure. hitting, and and you know and just being a professional, and it shows up there because he he has a great eye. He only strikes out seven percent of the time, yeah. which leads you know leads Major League Baseball. Which that's another staggering thing. This era where strikeouts really don't matter right. to people anymore. The, the perception of him is different. He doesn't strike out very often yeah. as a young as a young hitter, and so it's it's pretty. It's pretty incredible what he's doing. To be honest
0: with you. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, the numbers he's got: 238 plate appearances. It's been hard to get him out of the lineup once he got in. 238 plate appearances, 24 walks, only 17 strikeouts. So he's yeah, he's striking out like once every 14 or 15 at bats. Uh, it was funny. You and I were texting the other day about yeah, him know. And right on cue. <laughs> he, he, he struck he, he struck, struck out, out right as we were talking about how he never strikes out. But um, so, what do the Twins think long term? I mean, are they 341 I don't think he'll be a 341 hitter and no. his, his batting average on balls in play right now is a very robust 358 but he he by by being a guy who does use all fields who has the approach he has he does seem a little less um I guess uh prone or you know whatever it is to you know all these all these things that can you know bring down a hitter that the strikeouts the shifts things like that, that yeah. that's not going to be something like they have to defenses have to play him pretty honestly I'd imagine just they, they can't really defense him a certain way
1: and that's what Francona said when he was asked about that situation is that with the guy on second yeah he, he can beat you different parts of the field right right he can go he can you know he can pull it he can go opposite way he can go up the middle he handles the bat so well you know he's not super athletic or super fast no I, mean, I don't think he's a guy that you know and maybe we have to get out of our traditional thinking though know, because you always think all right top of the order guy has to be fast right get on to be right. fast, and, and i don't think it's necessarily yeah, it's, that it's more about getting uh, on base I, I, now yeah yeah it's getting on base but i'm just looking ahead to next year and they just seem enamored with with max kepler being a leadoff right i think they yeah. love well, the fact that well, hit, he hit 31 in there, yeah. home runs yeah. Yeah. yeah it's nice when your lead off hitter can hit 30 home runs and I gotta imagine Polanco's plugged in there at number two, yeah. right? And you want Nelson Cruz hitting three, and uh, you know a big bopper at four, and so yeah, I I I, you know, I don't I think he can hit anywhere in the lineup. We saw him uh, the I think it was the first game of the series or second game against the White Sox when when Kepler needed a break after uh, being pulled from the game. Um, when super were in Texas, and, and they put Arise at leadoff, yeah, and he started the game. Remember, he fouled off like six pitches right. down the left field line, and then right. got a hit. Yep, and so I think they feel comfortable using him anywhere in the lineup. Yeah, um, I, I just he just seems like a guy who gets on base and at that clip doesn't strike out, takes good at bats. That he would be kind of a natural leadoff hitter. But I just I was talking to Phil Miller, uh, our colleague, about this yesterday that. Lineup construction is so different now. Than oh yeah, what it was even five, ten years ago. Oh so. no doubt. Um, so maybe he's, you know, maybe they don't see him with the lineup they have with Kepler being that leadoff or number two hitter. So, uh, but I, but I do think, listen, they love him internally. They're, yeah. you know, they love the way he hits and just his professionalism. And so I, I, you know, he came up and you weren't sure how long he's going to be here, and he's yeah. he's basically taking Johnson Scopes' job. Yeah, he and so. Yeah, I, I think he's your fixture at second base. Going at uh, second base forward, it's just whether you know where they want to put him in the in the batting order.
0: Well, it kind of creates. I mean, 2020 is a whole different issue. Um, you know, they they've got obviously they're in the midst of a very successful year, and we'll talk a little bit more kind of general stuff about the Twins here in a little bit, but. I, I think the, I guess the one um you know, aside from not hitting for a ton of power, I think his the deficiency in his game is he's not a great defensive player. He's he's a negative sure. He's a negative defensive player in, in some of the metrics. And I think he turns the double play pretty quickly, um, which which mm-hmm. is good, but you put him and Polanco in the middle of the infield, that's not a that's not a good defensive middle of the infield. And that's that's gotta be a little bit of a I don't say concern, but a question for them going forward, because I, I feel like polanco's best position probably is second base i don't know if he's a sure. he's a great shortstop and i don't think or i don't think a is best position is shortstop either so no if you're looking kind of organizationally i know they're talking about royce lewis might eventually you know be an outfielder not a shortstop but but do you are you comfortable with those two guys as you know hitting wise they're going to give you plenty yeah. is that and enou- do they give you enough defense in the middle of the infield because i think that the, the infield defense and defense in general for the twins has been subpar this year and that's a that's a, kind of an Achilles heel that's gone unnoticed a little bit this year.
1: Yeah, I I would think if you if you have Polanco at, at short and him at second, you would have to know that your defense is going to be average at best, right? Yeah, you are you're, you're giving something so, up, right. So, but are you what you get back offensively does that more than make up for sure. what the the defensive liabilities? I would say yes. Okay. Um because I think Polanco and we even saw it, Early in his career, when you're you're really concerned about his defense, and you're thinking, you know, he's a better second baseman than shortstop, but they were determined to, you know, give him a go at shortstop. He's like, well, at least he can hit. He's going to be, you know, right. he's always going to be a good hitter. That's what he does. I sort of feel that same way about Arise now.
0: Yeah,
1: we've seen him at third. Right. Would you feel better with him at third and Sanoa at first? Well, that's another question. And, I mean,
0: because I kind of they've got some. Get some interchangeable parts because Sano can definitely play first. Crone is a guy that that they, it's not you know they don't they're not under any obligation to him next year if they if they feel like that's something they want to move on from. They've got Marwin Gonzalez who plays all over the place. He's under contract for next year, so they've got some kind of positional flexibility if things fall through. Marwin's played. He's played third, he's played first, he's played the Mm -hmm. outfield. Uh, He might have even gotten a little time at some of those other uh, middle infield spots, if I'm not mistaken, just kind of spot duty there. Um, So they've got some options. Um, None of them are... Great defensive options, though you know. Sure. Sano uh, is not a great first baseman. Ariz would not be a great third baseman, nor is he a great second baseman. Polanco is not a great shortstop. So, you're sacrificing somewhere al- along the way, no matter what. So, I guess that's a question they have to ask themselves long term: is are they comfortable with with that? And you know, and maybe, maybe moving Ariz to third, Polanco to second, Sano to first, and then finding a more defensive minded shortstop uh, alleviates some of that. Um, he- but, you know, at, at, at a more important position, but it's a, it's a question going forward.
1: Well, that is because we, we've focused so much this year on hard pitching, bullpen, and how, right. how uh, susceptible and, and bad right. at times they've been. Their defense has not been good. No, it hasn't been good at all. <laughs> so, it's been bad. And, and part of that, um, and, you know, Buxton doesn't make up for the infield defense, but not having Buxton obviously uh, weakens them, but yeah, they're and I think of late, Polanco uh, has been a little sloppy uh, yeah. in the field. <laughs> and and the one thing I'll say about him is, man, he plays every day. I don't have his stats in front sure. of me, but has he missed five games this year? He's it not missed a lot like of games.
0: No, they've they've and they've leaned on him quite a bit. I mean, he's they've they've tried to yeah. give him a break. But I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the stats now, games played. Yeah, Polanco is easily their leader. He's got 121 games played. Next, out of how many they played? Yeah, they've played. Uh, Boy, they've, what are they? What is their record as of right now? They're seventy-seven and fifty. So yeah, he's played all but six games this year. He's, yeah, six. So yeah, you, he wonder hasn't sat much.
1: Could, you wonder if they could manage that? Cause, and Rocco's been really uh, mindful sure. this year about giving guys days off, and, and maybe Planko just doesn't want the days off. But you do wonder if he's starting to get a little tired, and that's leading to yeah. some mental lapses more than physical. Um, but it, but it's, I think no matter what they do, yeah you you have guys that can hit in the infield oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you, you just wonder if you know if they're willing to sacrifice you know some defensive lapses for what right. they get offensively and i think i would probably it, I was talking about this with someone earlier about, you know, should you move Sano to first because he's, you know, he's not great defensively at third. Right. I like what C.J. crohn I know he's hurt right now and his yeah. wrist is bugging him. Right. You look at early in the year, I like what he gives them. Sure. You know, so I would be more apt to, to keep it as it is and just have Arise play second, with uh, short, and Sano third. Yeah, um, I mean, there's and
0: there's something to do that. And, and Krohn is arbitration eligible next year. He's not a free agent, so he would probably be, he could be had at a, a reasonable price again. He he's making mm-hmm. four point eight million this year, so it's not like he's a uh, he, he's a guy that's going to be cost prohibitive. He's he's shown you know a bunch of years in a row now that this is kind of the player he is when given this playing time. So it, you, there's sure. nothing there's nothing wrong with with kind of running it back, but I think running it back would be an acknowledgement that you're giving up something defensively, Defense, sure. and you know yeah. that can be hard on the pitching staff. You know it's you like plays maybe behind you you know they've got a staff that strikes out more guys than they than they certainly used to but there's still you know there's still guys that could could use uh, maybe a little bit more help from uh, from time to time than they're getting so it's you know it's it's, it's a question um not a <clears throat> not a huge uh not a, not a pressing question i guess uh, something that could be well, you know addressed in the off season and and could be a factor uh, down the stretch here, but uh, so far the offense is outweighing any defensive deficiencies. Yeah,
1: and I would say it wasn't a pressing issue earlier in the year. I would say it's pretty pressing now because yeah. especially they went through a stretch where they they kicked it around pretty good. I mean, I remember one game where they had right. three errors in one inning, and it's yeah. just like come on, man, this is this is pretty sloppy here. Well, I mean, and they're so,
0: they're tied for the third most errors in the majors right now. They've made 90, yeah, they've made ninety errors now. Some of their defensive like the defensive runs saved metric if you look on like fan graphs and stuff i think they're still on the plus side of that i think a lot of that's buxton and outfield defense maybe some of the some of the work they were doing earlier this year so they've you know they've made some spectacular plays where they've struggled sometimes it's just routine throws Mm -hmm. routine ground balls Uh, i mean a lot of polanco's errors have been throwing errors um Mm -hmm. so you know maybe some of that's mental lapses some of that's just you know it is what it is maybe they're in a fielding slump i mean you go through batting slumps you go through fielding slumps but but you're right that's you you would hate to see if you're the twins something like that uh, you know s- derail uh, your season <laughs> because uh, you know they've kind of got a lot of other things going for you right now.
1: Correct. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, and ra- getting back to Arias really quick, he's you mm-hmm. know his minor league stats. My goodness, I mean if you look at those, that's you know he was he's he's been he's this is the hitter he's been pretty much his his whole the whole way through. I mean he hit th- what. Uh, 3 his career minor league average is, is way up there. He hit yeah. 348 in rookie ball, 309, 347 at class A, 3, eighty five in a short stint, 310 in you know and then last year he hit 344 between double A AA and triple A. I mean, this is kind of the hitter he's been all throughout his 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 career. It's just it's you you always wonder, right? Is that does, how quickly will that translate in in the major league level? And it's it's unbelievable to see how it's how it's been right now.
1: Well, that's the way I, I talked to a couple of people. Martín Perez. The starting pitcher is from venezuela he he first saw arise when he was 14 they're very close uh, is actually staying uh in uh, perez's condo w- uh with him here since he's been called up and uh he said he could head back in and talking to fred Guerrero, who's the latin american scout supervisor for the twins yeah who's, who sees you know uh prospects in dominican and then venezuela he said that's the one thing to get you to do he could always hit any, anytime you put him in or he could hit so i think he's just this guy was just that's his thing. He can hit, right? right. And, and it's not going to hit for power, but he just has great eye-hand coordination, ability to, you know, put the barrel on the on the ball and and make contact, make good contact, not miss it, but just make good contact. Right. I asked him, I asked him who taught him to hit, and he says dad. And, Interesting. Um, his dad, they had a mango tree in the back in the backyard, <laughs> yeah. And he would uh, he would attach a, a ball to a string and hang it from the mango tree. And that's where he developed his swing, hitting that ball over and over in his quick hands. And so, um, I is he going to hit three forty one for his career? Okay, he's he's going to regress. He's going to regress some, but I think this is a guy that has enough just kind of innate talent for hitting the ball. And he, I don't think he's going to get enamored with the launch angle and trying to hit home runs. Which, when guys do that, I think they they realize. Hey, there's money to be had by hitting home runs, and sure. so they'll sacrifice strikeouts to yeah. try to hit, you know, home runs, and so right. their average will dip. I think I think his his mindset, as you said, throwback. I think he's totally different mindset and understands who he is, and so I just think he'll be a he'll go through slumps, but I think he'll always be one of those guys. You said, yeah, that guy's just a good hitter; he gets on base a lot.
0: Yeah, because he walks enough too, and that's another thing. Uh-huh. He's he's you know he's walked 24 times in 230. I'm just looking; it's funny. I'm looking at his minor league numbers this year. They are almost identical to his major league number. which is weird you it think was he would come really weird that's,
1: that's the thing like you, you expect the guy to come up and he's 22 Right. it is not like he's 26 i mean you you expect the guy to come up here and and just kind of struggle cuz we see it all the time you know yeah. guys who who have success but come up here your and you're facing you know they're really, yeah. really good pitchers and and i think it just goes back to as i wrote my piece his signature moment was that Mets game when he had to replace Scope 0-2 in town against Edwin uh, Diaz, who's throwing 100 100 miles an hour, and he fouls off these pitches until he walks, and you're sitting there thinking, this is different. What this guy does is different than than what – because most guys, one pitch, they're they're striking out and Uh. then back, and he he coaxed the walk out of it. And so I think that's when it showed he has great – back control, eye you know, eye hand coordination, and just is a really really talented hitter.
0: His clutch numbers are off the charts too. I mean, those are you know those are a little bit. Um, you know, I think Rocco addressed that when someone asked him about about when Scope hit the home run the other day because Scope's you know leverage numbers have been terrible. It probably works the other way mm-hmm. for rise. You know, it's a Small sample size and whatnot, but man, I mean, runners in scoring position hitting three eighty nine, um, and I think the, the late and close two outs runners in scoring position hitting four hundred tie game. He's hitting four fifty three. I mean, late and close, he's hitting three ninety five. I mean, he's he's been yeah. he's had a lot of moments this year. I mean that that have really that have really opened my eyes that he's that he kind of likes that moment. It looks like.
1: Yeah, and what was the game? I think it was the game that Snow hit the walk-off home run. That was with two outs, right? And that started with the rise hit the single, correct? Yeah, it did. So he's, it was two outs. He gets a single to get on base. Right. And then Snow, and obviously Snow gets the biggest hit because right. he hits home run. But, right. it, but he started that rally by getting on base. And so, yeah, he just seems pretty you – know, when I was talking to Crew about him yesterday, he was kind of chuckling because he's like, you watch this guy. He's just so exciting in the in the – batter's box he's always moving you know he'll shake his head if a close pitch goes by yeah he will he's just, That's funny. he's just very demonstrative in there and and i think it's both i think he's just a ball of energy but I also think he's very confident that yeah. he knows what's a strike and what's a ball you know yeah so he's fun to watch he's 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 been as fun to watch as anybody like him and nelson cruz i think probably yeah. are two favorite guys to watch on this team because they're just what they do they do well yeah. you know well, so
0: well they just haven't had a guy too for a while that that Kind of totally surprised you. I think at Kepler's year this year is is surprising, but he's he's been here for a while, and there hasn't been sure. this guy that kind of came out of the blue. And you're like, wait, wait, this guy is that good? Like, where where did he come from?
1: Yeah, and I, it was a few weeks back. I was sitting next to Royce in the press box, and when Royce ah. says it, you know, you, you have the you have the institutional knowledge. He said, right. "This is the biggest out of nowhere player he can remember." Wow! And he actually was going through the. The twins rookies of the year sure. in the media guy, and he's like, "No, this guy, no, this guy was a high draft pick." You sure, know, blah blah blah. And so, if you if you combine, you know, that he wasn't this hot shot number one overall pick type thing, and you really hadn't heard. Of, I mean, had you heard? Right. I had not heard of him. No, I think maybe
0: I've read his name, right. but it did it, it didn't stick. So when they brought him up, I just assumed it was like, you know, a, a ten day thing. Someone was on the DL, and then then sure we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. And so I think when you combine all that and the fact that he basically took a guy's job because he performed so right. well, um, and that you can't take him out of lineup, I, I can't remember another guy coming out of nowhere that you never heard of yeah. to, to do this. Yep. So
0: I agree. Well, good stuff. I look forward to reading the story, Friday's paper, FridayStartTribune.com, and we'll, uh, we'll do more of these podcasts. We're doing about three a week, Twins Insider. I'm sure we'll have Chip on again soon, but, uh, Follow follow this podcast, uh, subscribe on iTunes. I think it's on Spotify now as well, but also you can find it on starttribune.com. Chip, thanks for joining me, and we'll be back at you soon.
1: All right, Michael. Thank you, man.